0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. I'm your host Charlie Barons. First of all, spring is here. Holy smokes, 42 and sunny today. It is cargo shorts and Crocs weather, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at one neighbor who's currently shoveling snow onto his driveway so it'll melt faster. That's a pro move. My other neighbor is tanning, real good. They are just getting it in while they can because, you know, we're probably due yet for a third winter, which usually comes, historically speaking, about a weaker tree after the first day of spring. Gotta love Wisconsin, you do. It's actually a great time of year, though. This is the time of the year where you go ice fishing in your swimming suit, just in case, you know, gotta love it. My guest this week has been one of my very good friends for almost a decade. Jeez Louise hasn't been that long. Her name is Zuri Hall. Zuri and I were co-hosts at my first local news job at KDAF in Dallas. Nightcap, a different kind of news. We'll talk about that in the podcast. She's currently a correspondent on Access Hollywood and American Ninja Warrior. You can also listen to her every week on her podcast, Hot Happy Mess. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation because Zuri, first of all, she's a Midwest girl at heart. She's from Toledo, Ohio. Unfortunately, she's a Buckeye, but we're not going to hold that against her, okay? For longer than we need to, because she's a Buckeye. But she's very much so like my ninth Sister. For those of you who don't know, I'm one of twelve, mass produced. But Zuri gives me enough crap to qualify as an honorary sister for sure. What did we talk about? We talked about our time in local news, but also we're both recovering workaholics. She seems to be further on her way to recovery than I am. So that that was fun. That's interesting. I think that's a universal thing a lot of people can relate to. But we also do talk about the industry. Oh, and our conversation was interrupted by a phone call from Mario Lopez spoiler alert. He did not call me anyway I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy this now if you're liking the Kripes cast in general Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. That's at Kripes cast on Facebook Instagram and Twitter Also, it would mean the world to me if you read the Cripes cast that helps, you know with the whole algorithm of podcasts and whatever so thank you for doing that and leave a comment if you will That always is great for just giving direction, what you all like, what you don't like. I got a really cool comment this week from Court of Milk, which honestly, that is a great name everybody rise for the honorary judge of court of milk okay what does court of milk say because the spelling was c-o-u-r-t so anyway play on words pretty sweet a podcast for everyone thank you for sharing the stories and experiences of so many people from the midwest and wisconsin this podcast is an amazing way to discuss complex and provoking ideas in a profound and approachable way Cheapers, thanks court of milk court of milk continues i'm a high school social studies teacher and this week my students listened to the episode with josie lee what a great tool for my wisconsin high schoolers to learn about the history cultural and political climate of the ho-chunk people thank you for using this platform as a way to encourage empathy and understanding in the midwest well cheapers, crimey thanks for that comment quart of milk and i will try and keep that going here no bad comments this week but if you do have a bad comment I always love reading those, too, so feel free to share whatever you want to share. Good, Charlie. Really encourage people to give you bad comments. That that That's going to help your podcast and the algorithm for sure. That's okay. It's nice to hear any feedback. All right. So I could keep rambling, but why would I do that when we've got a great guest for you? So ladies and gentlemen, here is my conversation with my good friend, Zuri Hall. <laughs> What are we drinking? Is that a brand? Is that a sponsored can? Not
1: sponsored, but it's a hard seltzer. Hard seltzer, wow! Yeah, I know.
0: It's five just, o'clock somewhere. I
1: was not like. Don't even tell me what time it is. Um,
0: two mm-hmm. thirty. My your time.
1: social people <laughs> sent these ones to me, and they were free, and I was like, oh. And then I tried them, and they were delicious. And wait, I was going somewhere with this. Oh, I've had a long day,
0: so mm. that was
1: my justification for
0: why is why did you have a long day
1: I'm just long just like busy nothing bad just exhausted i'm ready to go to sleep
0: okay cool well this would be a really good podcast so <laughs> thanks for bringing the energy no i'm super
1: excited i mean the, sleep in a general way like this week
0: yeah things been nuts wait, wait, um
1: you, i had the globes on sunday I, charlie I know.
0: so all right we'll start there what were the globes like this year the globes to were last so year.
1: great. They were virtual. Charlie, are you really gonna make me do this? Yeah, are we, I want like, it. The
0: I want to hear about it. The globes I want to hear about right off the top what happened. Um, uh, who won what? I'm gonna be very honest with you. I didn't watch any of it, and I mm-hmm. did not see. I saw that Jodie Foster won. That was the one headline I got. See, I'm out of it. I'm out of the game, Z. Out of the
1: man. There it's was a kid's sport.
0: Yeah, there was a day where I I used to be into that. You know,
1: (laughs) were you? I feel like you were never actually into it. You were just good at feigning enough interest to stay employed in spaces that required interest in it.
0: Is that is that really your interpretation (laughs) to give the listeners just a little bit of background? Zuri and I met because we were working together at KDAF in Dallas, Texas, where I was, to my recollection, <laughs> the top anchor there, oh. and and then what happened was I pretty much lost my job. But you uh, <laughs> took it over. So <laughs> no, first That's
1: of good. all, that is revisionist history, yeah. which is something that I don't think you're allowed to do in 2021. Right, as a white right, American no. Man.
0: White guys so, are not allowed to revise history.
1: I'm, I'm just gonna um, take control of this narrative <laughs> and clarify, please, I please did not go. take Charlie's job. I remember meeting you when I was in, I don't know if I had just gotten the job or if I was technically interviewing for it, but it felt like I was gonna get it, I don't know. But you yeah. went
0: office. I forgot about this, that's right. right.
1: Remember, that was the first time we actually met and I was like, oh, this guy's like, he looks a little stoned,
0: maybe. whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> My mom listens to this, Zuri. No, Let's hi, back it up.
1: Parents. No, I said, look, Stone, I listened. didn't say you were, what? Yeah, no,
0: she hasn't listened to one yet. I'm hoping one day. She likes she the short videos. She should to Hot Happy
1: Mess. No, no, no. She, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I think send she she'd like Hot Happy me. Mess. I think so, too.
0: That was a great way to slip a plug-in for your podcast this early on. It's smart. It's little little like, generation. if you like Zuri, but you don't like me, just jump off now and listen to her podcast. Subscribe, Hot Happy Mess.
1: H O T H A P P Y. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, that's good. I I see, you're 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 no slouch. Hang on, I'm fixing my computer.
1: <laughs> Are you gonna fix that echo? Because I hear a slight one.
0: Okay, stop. Stop.
1: <laughs> I do. We're I'm in a- the
0: middle. We're in the middle of fixing our studios, and yes, there is a slight echo. Max, how bad okay. is the echo on the thing? Hi, Max. Zuri says hi. It's fine. We're we're not gonna fix it. We've done this the past <laughs> few weeks. It's okay. We're, we're just okay. we're gonna live it's with it. It's not bad. Anyway, okay. we digress. So, so you uh, walked into
1: the office with mm-hmm. the news director. I think it was the news director, not assistant news director. And I was like, oh, this guy looks a little like, whoa, like, just like shocked a little bit. Mm. And like, a little bit tired. but no, like not, it wasn't a bad thing. I was just like, he looks like he's had a long day, but not in a bad way. You just look how you look in a good way. It's like, yeah. Do- no, guy it, look, it's a
0: general rule of thumb, by the way, if you have to keep saying in a good way, you look stoned, but in a good way, tired, but in a good right, way. Right, right. It's not Shocked. a
1: reflection on Charlie himself. Mm-hmm. It's just um, were you? Let's just actually settle it here. Okay. Were you high? Were you stoned? Were you exhausted? Had no. it been a long night? Like OK. Just, Look, Dallas, those of all, were tough times for
0: us. They were tough times. And I do want to say this. First of all, when it comes to sort of, oh, Max is putting a little screen behind here. So that's going to hopefully dampen the sound. It's literally a green okay. screen that wow. he just moved up. It's it's a nice green screen. I got to get it to you. It's got a I great, love it.
1: Budget's going a, up.
0: I'll get you the QR code. So anyway, no, I remember that. Now, listen, I have a hereditary thing of where my eyes look a little bit more what some might say stone than they actually are. And I'm going to address this for the audience, too, because a lot of people bring it up. But when Mm -hmm. I went to high school, I still remember Mrs. Latch, my math teacher, said, Charlie, you're looking very patriotic today. And I says, well, why, Mrs. Latch? And she says because your eyes are red, white, and blue. And I said, oh, (laughs) cool. I'm not, I'm I'm not stoned. I know, you're hitting me in a very vulnerable place and my heart chakra is open and now it's going to, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't even know really what that means, but it sounded good. Anyway, we digress. I was not stoned. I was working hard. Thanks for okay. asking. And then we met you in the newsroom.
1: Hard. We met in the newsroom. But we'll also give it to you. In the same day that I was like, oh, this guy, I don't know if he's stoned or not. He just looks like he may have been getting stoned maybe the night before. That That's how I'll put it. You didn't come across as stoned at all. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were talking, and I was like, oh, he's a nice guy. And then I remember I think... I think I kind of, you kind of literally reminded me of Jon Stewart, kind of, not really visually. I mean, outside of the white guy, blue eyes thing, but that's very generic. Like, meaning, no, God, this is coming out wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying like all white guys look alike is what nah, I'm trying to that's, say.
0: It's what I'm gathering out so of this so far. So What
1: I am saying is you reminded me of Jon Stewart, not because of those two obvious visual uh similarities but Mm -hmm. because of your tone and your comedy like you were very dry and sort of sarcastic but in a way that I found very funny and I was like oh this guy kind of reminds me of Jon Stewart and then the more I got to know you the more I was like yeah this guy's like the next Jon Stewart I feel like I even told you that I still believe that you are 2021's next Jon Stewart
0: and thank you are you saying that because Jon Stewart is now retired and living on a farm with a bunch of animals Honestly,
1: I see that for you. I okay. do see that for your future, but not your not your present. No, you've got way more um, awards to win and uh, states to sweep and, and um, comedy tours to go on post COVID. And I see an. I was gonna say Netflix comedy special, but I mm-hmm. feel like you're more of an HBOer. I mm, see an HBO okay, comedy cool. special in your future. So all of that before a quiet life on a farm somewhere.
0: And I do want to congratulate you because somehow, some way you managed to really just dig yourself out of that hole. And it was so, it was very quick. It was quick on a dime.
1: That's why they gave you the big bucks Yeah, kind of. So
0: <laughs> of course they do, of course. So we met though, let's, let's get to this. Mm-hmm. We met in Dallas at KDAF. It was that first intro or whatever. And then you were hired two weeks later. Someone maybe put in a good word for you. I don't know who that would have been.
1: Did you put in a good word for me, really? Don't yeah, lie. I, I, I will did. ask people.
0: No, to you, who? To anyone you who know works this? there? What? I mean, you can to ask. Who? You can ask like Denise or Larissa. Or... Can I eat
1: a bite of ramen really quickly? Oh,
0: geez, you really? I mean, between the hoodie and the ramen I, and the, the hard seltzer, you give three <laughs> something that rhymes with ducks about this podcast, which <laughs> no, I appreciate. I have so many ducks.
1: Where I am comfortable. This is my safe space, Charlie. This is like, I'm talking to you. That's the good thing. You should take it as a compliment.
0: Eat up that ramen. That's good. Did you order that in? Is that how you did it? I did order it in. I post
1: made it. It's my first meal of the day. So that's Mm -hmm. fine.
0: Okay. So Um, we're going to work on eating earlier in the day, I think. (laughs) Let's get back on track for this. There's so many tangents in this podcast already. Sorry, it's fine sorry, everybody. Does it have... always
1: go like this? This has to be how it goes. This is a you thing. This isn't a reflection on me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, just blame me for it. No, that's good. That's the way it'll work. Typical. It, I'm it does, so... for our friendship. <laughs> it does occasionally go like this. So, okay. yes, I did put a good word in for you. Certainly not while you got the job. You were just the most qualified for the job. I had nothing to do with it. It was nice to have you. You were there. And we had some good times <laughs> in Dallas, from yeah, what I remember. Yeah, we did
1: did you you sleeping on my couch and never leaving <laughs> is a highlight i feel like you asked his crash for like two nights and then like three months later, you were still there.
0: OK, well, all right, Not we're going to have to back up. And, <laughs> and it, that that's a whole other story. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I do remember one time, actually, my brother was in town and you're about to
1: make me so mad. Man.
0: I know I'm going to let
1: you be great because this mm-hmm, is your podcast.
0: Mm-hmm, thanks. Well, you let me borrow, I think, your car because <laughs> my brother needed a car to go somewhere. I don't know. So I was borrowing your car. And it had your apartment keys. And my brother and I were going to see Snoop Dogg and we got halfway there and it was St. Patty's Day. It was almost like, geez, almost 10 years ago, nine years ago, probably. Ooh. It's crazy. And anyway, we were tired and we needed to crash somewhere just for a little bit. <laughs> and you weren't using it because you were in Europe or something. And so yeah. we- Which you could
1: probably just drop me off at the airport where I puked in the McDonald's cup.
0: Oh my gosh. we left it we're in just, your car because I really- was hungover.
1: over. We're doing it. We're We're doing
0: doing it. We're doing it. This is another story. All right, let me finish this story and then we'll get to that story. Okay, so this story is, it really was nothing more other than me and my brother is sort of crashed in your apartment, which was not picked up. It was not cleaned. (laughs) If my dad had seen that apartment and I was the owner of the apartment, he would have called me over and grounded me in my own apartment for it being so unpicked up. Anyway, but the reason I got a pass was because yeah, I gave you a ride to the airport Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I think you had food poisoning, quote unquote, and you- (laughs) Is that what we told people? (laughs) I I do not know. What what I told people, I'm actually, D- I, I feel I'm- like you
1: would told people because Charlie, you're the type to be like, no, Z, I would never, I would never tell anyone. And then the next day, they're like, so I heard you were hungover and Charlie drove
0: me to the airport and you no. like in a McDonald's guy. Not even to be honest with you, it's not why I said I know what happened. You threw up in that cup in the middle container in my car as I was driving into the airport, <laughs> and I saw the. I didn't want to go into work that day, so I took a picture of that and texted oh, yeah. it, I think, to get out of work. I think oh, my that's God. what happened.
1: I remember you. We saying were
0: not you did good, that. not ideal employees <laughs> at all. Anyway, let's get well, to I'm what great employees. Speak for
1: yourself.
0: Yeah, right. So wait, don't... are you
1: gonna tell them? Are you gonna like hype me up and be like, so she anchored the five o'clock and the nine o'clock mm-hmm. and she also worked the weather wall, which is saying a lot considering I'm pretty directionally challenged First and I of all, have to do everything in the reverse on the green. Let,
0: but let's talk about this weather wall. There's being a meteorologist and then there's and then there's being a weather person. And <laughs> right. you would basically sit in that weather room and mess around on your phone mm-mm, the entire day. Yeah, mm-mm. yeah. That is so not true. This, this was your pose. This was your pose. You would sit in a chair like this and it would just be like this. And for whatever reason, you always hold your phone very close to your face. When yeah, you're, you know that? that's how
1: I drive too. Like I'm like two inches away from the steering wheel. I, just, I, th-
0: I think you might need some readers. I don't know.
1: I th- I think honestly, I'm losing it a little bit. We well, might. this was back then,
0: too. So oh. I just I just think it's, you know, maybe seeing an eye doctor would be good. Anyway, no. you were a weather person there, which basically meant, you know, and ch- the journalism listeners will like this. If you're doing the weather at some of these local news stations, you don't need to know I do much other than Google. What's the weather like today? Okay, you know What's the what? 10-day forecast? And then, that is not
1: and accurate. And then you just
0: put that. Well, it was accurate according to Google because that was the numbers you were using.
1: That's not the numbers. <laughs> You guys, he's lying. First of all, I used multiple platforms to put together my reports. I had to literally create my weather reports every day, like using the 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 software to create them. Granted, it's 90. Drink water is not that hard to forecast in a place like Dallas, Texas, for most of the year. Um, but in all seriousness, the reason that I had to do that was because the person whose job I replaced she was an actual meteorologist and also happened to co-anchor or work in some capacity um with the newscast. and so they they asked me if I would do both and I was like just to be clear y'all know I don't know anything about meteorology right so like I was very forthcoming with the fact that I am not a meteorologist and they were like yeah no that's fine that's that's fine so they said you know I could do it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so i did i had a, a crash course with said meteorologist she was very sweet on her way out she was heading to another city i think a new job too um and then things got a little cray cray because like obviously dallas has tornadoes and all jokes aside i do very much take people's safety and well-being seriously so we did have the conversation that i initiated once weather started to get a little loopy like hey guys I can do it when the forecast is you know sunny and safe but we need to bring in the troops like we need to bring in a meteorologist when there's actually bad weather in the forecast because I'm not going to be the person on live television being responsible for anything very
0: very smart (laughs) yeah I mean that that's actually Dallas is like one of those dream markets that a lot of meteorologists go to because of tornado season I mean if if you're a meteorologist I guess you, you kind of that's what you go for you go to areas with like Crazy weather because that's where it's more active and where it's most Mm -hmm. needed. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a smart call. That was a smart call. But yeah, um, yeah, so we were hosting this show called Nightcap, which was a Mm -hmm. different kind of news. It was Dallas, Texas. We were roughly. You know, the same
1: the slogan, a different
0: kind of news. I I always say it right after more, more is. But then soon it became the same kind of news shortly (laughs) after doing it. They were like, let's try this new journalism thing where we do like kind of comedy and journalism. And that's why I came on board. And I think that's why you came on board. But then they eventually changed it to a more traditional thing, which neither of us were really prepared for. I don't think, but it was kind of cool to be anchoring in a big market like that and sort of getting in the back door, I guess. Because we didn't Mm -hmm. really deserve to be there at that point of our careers. Speak Uh,
1: for yourself, Charlie. I I did not
0: deserve to be there at all at that point in my career. Here's the thing
1: here's why. I am going to disagree with you.
0: Okay. Because- First disagreement of the podcast market. It's 15 minutes in, ladies and gentlemen. I feel, right, I, don't know. I
1: feel like we've generally disagreed since I logged out of this thing 15 minutes ago um, <laughs> about our version of events as far as this almost, got. is this a decade-long friendship at this point?
0: That's yeah, we've of- known each other for yeah, 10 years or wow. so. That's How a long, minute. Wow. That, that is a long minute.
1: while. Yeah. Um- <laughs> How's the
0: been going for you? Uh, the, these is, ten
1: years or this yeah. friendship?
0: Peaks and valleys, <laughs> peaks and valleys. You peaks know. and
1: valleys for both. Oh my god! Now I'm thinking about the one time when I got so mad at you and didn't want to talk to you for like a summer. And then yeah,
0: I remember <laughs> that.
1: Kind of
0: yeah, we'll um, get to that. We'll get to that down the road, I guess. We'll wait,
1: or we did not. Um, we can
0: talk about it.
1: The Maybe reason people. we can talk about it. I'm an open book, so I don't really care. But um, the reason that I don't think you should say we don't we didn't deserve it is one. I deserved it just in the sense of not from a place of arrogance of Mm -hmm. when you're in a space and something about you has made space for that. You know what I mean? I I would never want to um, discredit everything that you've done or that I've done up to that point to be deemed worthy to the hires up um, that we hires up, higher ups, higher, higher up. I'm picking up what you're
0: putting down. I don't really know how to say it. The bosses, the big bosses. Um,
1: If they hired us, it's for a reason, right? And at the end of the day, we were the right people for the job. Maybe not for a a hard news anchor desk in a big city in a traditional way, but that's not Mm -hmm. what this was. So we deserved to be where we were because I think we were the right fits for what it was they were trying to do. Um, It was certainly a steep learning curve, at least in the hard news department. But honestly, to this day, I really appreciate Um, Some of the stuff that I learned on the job there when it came to hard news reporting. And it wasn't something that I was fully prepared for at the time. I'll be honest about that. But I fucking got there. I figured out how to get there to at least... do what was being asked of me. And there's certainly a lot that, in hindsight, I'm like, you know what, I could have done this differently, or I could have done that differently. But that just comes with growth. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's a, it's the CW affiliate. They were catering to a young market, a young demographic. You're right. They were leaning more into the comedy and the entertainment aspect, while also spoon feeding true hard news. Um, and I don't know, I think I did a great job. You did <laughs> a great you job. Think? You
0: did a great job, but I'll, I'll say On this. On camera. <laughs> you did get all around but what i'll say is that i sure i deserve to be there from maybe a comedic perspective or doing like sort of comedy news but when they switched it to and and frankly yeah did we deserve to be there were we able to figure that out it's not rocket science doing that however it, all I'm saying is in a market like Dallas, mm-hmm. if you're doing hard news, some people have to work. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, that's a number five market, DFW was yep. a four market or something, or number three? Five. Or, number okay. five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's a really big market, so it's not like you just go there at 26 or however old we were and- I was 24, I which was- in
1: hindsight, that's crazy.
0: I yeah. guess I was 25. I can't yeah. remember. But uh, I left at 26. I stayed longer than you did. Uh, not by choice. But um, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, that's not really what... That I guess that's what I You're mean right. by we didn't deserve to be there. No, I, I'm only right from my perspective. Because here's my next point is that you, I think, had a much healthier embrace and confidence in yourself early on. And I think that served mm-hmm. you better on camera. Whereas I, I think... And why I didn't do so well at this job was I put a lot of pressure on myself to like Mm -hmm. be really great every night and sort of be flawless. And -hmm. when you're constantly thinking about that, and this was a hard lesson to learn, you screw up all the time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I ended up like making a lot in that into a bit. And that's kind of where the Mantua Mint came from was all the like, you know, mess ups I had. And like, I, Mm -hmm. I got a lot of, you know, crap about my accent. And I said bubbler on air once, you know, and that's some. Bubbler? Used to, what's that? Yeah, because it was hot out and I said everyone find a bubbler. And, and what's uh, a bubbler? right exactly what well, some you smoke weed out of but oh. what i was referring to was a drinking fountain because that's what we call drinking fountains in milwaukee is a bubbler
1: what okay you may be from milwaukee but i'm from ohio like i'm from toledo we, no, we don't say bubbler is i know
0: it's very, very milwaukee specific? that's the thing yeah it's very it's like southeastern wisconsin because they had kohler which made water fountains one was called a bubbler but in mm-hmm. Milwaukee and in Rhode Island, they call them a bubbler. So it's just a weird thing. Do you yeah. say
1: pop or soda?
0: I say soda, but like my grandpa would say pop, you know? I know. So yeah. I used c- to say
1: pop growing up and then I was like, I'm a big city kid. That's that's my past. It's soda, 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 <laughs> soda from here on out. So now I say soda.
0: Yeah, that's one of those. But anyway, what I liked about you, what I liked about, uh, we kind of both had this mentality of I'm here but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get somewhere else. So, and what you did early on way before I ever did is you turned to YouTube and just started creating your own content. Mm -hmm. And I would remember like sitting there working hard on one of these stories that I was about to mess up in the live show and you were, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're working on building your YouTube platform, but talk about that because I feel like the the reason you excelled very quickly in in your career was because you decided to create content on your own
1: mm-hmm um. Yeah, I, I think it was twofold. Like, I was doing the work behind the scenes. I was doing the more traditional climbing of the ladder, not unlike yourself, where I was taking meetings. I was going on auditions and castings. So I was slowly grinding up the the, the ladder, if you will, of local news. Um, but it was... Was that my second job in TV? I was, so my first job in TV was in Indianapolis. I won a competition to be the face of a local TV station. And it was pure lifestyle fluff, uh, interviewing community leaders, going to the local parades, um, touring vineyards. It was a lot of fun. I was all of 21, 22. Um, and then that snowballed into co hosting um, a local lifestyle show in Dayton, Ohio. So, super small market, I think like number 62. And by then, it just felt like there was a lot of momentum in this space. I never really considered TV hosting as a career option. I always knew I wanted to be on camera or stage, but acting and, and singing were my first loves. Um, but I was like, well, this thing seems to have legs like I like doing it. I prompter comes naturally. Um, I can talk to a wall. So it, just, it kind of started happening and I decided to go with it, but it was around that same time in Dayton, Ohio, um, that I was starting to think about launching a YouTube channel. And then it just so happened that, um, you know, at that time, travel vlogs were starting to become a thing. It's so wild. Oh my God. We're so old, Charlie. Oh my god. Oh god. I need a glass of wine. I'm really You
0: have a you have like, a hard seltzer, right? I know what I need <laughs> more to.
1: Like the fact that I was there, you were there at the dawn of a thing, right? That now mm. is like kids are being born like I want to be a YouTuber. And I genuinely without a hint of sarcasm or irony I'm saying I remember when YouTubing was just a thing we did for fun. There was no money to be made in this, but there was exposure to be had. And so us in in a public space, hosting and whatnot, you want the exposure at the very least. And I liked watching the vlogs. So I started posting travel vlogs um, on a YouTube channel and kind of finessed people's interest in my personal life and in my travel vlogs into, oh, and by the way, while you're here being nosy about my personal life, Here's some motivational videos here, you know, tips on how I got to where I am in my career. And for me launching the YouTube channel, and this is back in probably like 2012, uh, was more about having a sense of control over something, something that, some executive in a suit who barely knew anything about me and probably didn't even really understand my demographic or the demographic that they were trying to cater to. Um, I was so sick of those people having so much control over my life and my professional career. And so I just wanted something creatively that was mine. So I wanted an audience that I could build that no matter what station I went to, no matter what show I was on, no matter what job I left, they all could go with me if they wanted um and so that's what youtube was for me really was just a a sense of creative control um that no one could take away from me so i started that um dallas is when things really got lit charlie came in and edited oh wow look at
0: this i'm just beating him
1: to the credit that he is gonna Mm -hmm. passive aggressively Mm -hmm. uh take no
0: no i would (laughs) i would i would No. Never do that anymore. Yeah, we <laughs> <More>. edited <laughs> we edited that video and then mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. took off. And mm-hmm. that was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> it took off. It was pretty cool. Um and so my subscriber base grew and grew and grew and grew. And so it was a thing that I started doing and it was really fun. And I shared bits of my life and, and that's what it was. So I I don't think that because you said you know you had success or you were quicker to success because of the channel, I would say that isn't true, except for when I got MTV, I was kind of surprised to realize at this point I'd left Dallas. So you and I had worked together for about 10 months. I hadn't even been there a year when I was like, yeah, so I got (laughs) to (laughs) go. I'm out. Um, And I, because my goal was to be national by 25. And so I got that opportunity to move to New York and host fuse, uh, host a music countdown show called trending 10 on fuse. So I packed up at 24 and a half ish and and left and went there. And I was there for an amazing year, but then they got, um, they were in a bidding war to be acquired by either, remember when J-Lo had, is it Nuvo?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
1: Diddy had Revolt. Yeah. And they were kind of in, not to make it a J-Lo versus Diddy thing, that's not what it was, but their networks were truly bidding to I think acquire Fuse or partner because at that time it had been owned by Madison Square Garden um, and so things were just changing. It was a corporate shift and I was like, ooh, I don't know like if I wanna be here, I don't know what's gonna happen. So I was kind of putting out feelers other places. MTV was interested in me and I went, I met with their like head of talent, hit it off, but it was not, I didn't walk out of there like, I have a job. I was like, oh, that went well, we'll see what happens. And my agent said they were interested but then we kind of didn't hear a ton immediately after and then my agent called randomly like so mtv just offered you an overall deal apparently she saw your youtube channel mm-hmm. and i was like wait what So she liked me, but I guess somehow she stumbled into my YouTube channel not long after that meeting. And that's where she got to really see my personality, who I was when I wasn't trying to be particularly on or sell myself for a job. And that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted to see on screen um, for MTV shows. So in that sense, yeah, it did give me that opportunity. I think it helped seal the deal. Um, so I do always tell creators and, and, you know, young talent who are hoping to host and whatever else, like YouTube, even if everyone isn't watching, you just need the right person to watch. You know, you know, it's not just about getting super famous or getting crazy views. I'd rather have one head of a talent department at Disney watch my video. And I only have 10 views total. Than ten thousand people watched the video, but none of them were someone who could move the needle in the other areas that I'm trying to grow in my career. But that's just my perspective. So that's always how I looked at my YouTube channel. I like to encourage and motivate and inspire, but I never got too discouraged if the views weren't that lit because I knew that I could always direct you know people with hiring power to it and get job
0: Well you said a couple of things there one is that you didn't want anybody to control your destiny like a suit or a higher up and I think that it's it's amazing what that does for your mental disposition cuz you can walk into set and you can be it's not like every day you have to kill it Or every day you have to really impress because that can wear on you and it's not. So if you can find that autonomy that you found, that's huge. And then the other thing you said that I liked is just you creating so much stuff, just getting you in the habit of creating and that allows you to show so much of yourself. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's great advice for anybody. Just create your own stuff wherever you are, whatever place you're in, because you're going to get better at creating. You're going to feel happier because that's what you're really in this thing to do, hone your voice and get that autonomy. So I think that's pretty cool. MTV, was it everything you thought it would be?
1: Um, No, (laughs) to be quite frank, Mm -hmm. Um, it was a blessing. Just this morning, I was like, good God, MTV was a blessing in ways that I didn't even expect it to be, but not in any of the ways I expected it to be you know when we were growing up like TRL was it right those were the VJs were just like the coolest kids and they're interviewing the biggest celebrities and and this was at like peak TV when landing a music video on that countdown show or having a world premiere that Carson Daly was introducing was it was cultural currency and so I always had that in the back of my mind like I want to be at MTV I want to be at MTV and we all know that kind of tired but running joke that MTV plays everything except for music these days and and I guess you could kind of say that at the time that I joined they were definitely experiencing um, the thing that a lot of people most people in our industry were experiencing which was TV was evolving, the medium was evolving, the The way that people consume content was starting to change, but it was still really new. So everybody was trying to get their bearings. Um, but viewership was shrinking. And and so networks were trying different things. So MTV was leaning more into comedy, they were doing a little bit of scripted, um, way less music videos and music content, they would bring on musicians, but for content that wasn't hyper specific to music. So I I joined and I had an overall deal, but I think what some people don't realize about these deals is, and I didn't when I signed it, um, it was kind of a blessing because they were basically like, we promise we will pay you this amount of money every year that we decide to renew your contract. It was you know one year extensions, no matter what, and whenever we want to use you, we can and for a show and um when you don't have anything to do when there are no shows for you to be on have fun live your life i didn't understand that i was a workaholic i was used to the old like traditional corporate contracts local news contracts of we give you a deal you show up every day at 9 a.m you leave at 4 we'll see you again tomorrow you'll be on tv every night at mtv i would sit sometimes at home on my couch for days and i low-key was depressed. Like I went through what I only realized in hindsight was about a true situational depression where now I would kill for that time um, because I did have the YouTube channel. I had all these outside passions. Um, And I never had the time for it. But suddenly I had the time and I didn't want it because I thought that MTV not having enough stuff for me to do was a reflection of me and how I wasn't um, performing enough or doing enough or succeeding enough in that space. And it, it wasn't my fault. There just wasn't a ton of content. So it was more like they were paying me to keep me available for whenever opportunities appeared and they did. Um, And so I did have some cool one-off opportunities. I would host things every now and then, but production was just slowing at that time. It was slowing down, um, but I made some really awesome friendships there. And then towards the end of my first year at MTV, Um, I was like, you know what? I don't, I just, I don't feel super fulfilled. Um, I love it when I'm working, but I'm not working often. And at that time, my identity was so closely tied to what I was accomplishing in my work life that because I didn't feel like I was accomplishing enough, I just didn't feel good about myself. So I would sit on the couch for hours. I would lay around. I wouldn't be productive during these weekdays, even though I was being paid because it wasn't about the money. I wanted to be called in. I wanted to work. I wanted to be on shows. And so towards the end of that year, I heard from my agent that E! News was interested in me and they'd kind of been checking me out and looking at what I was doing. Um, and E honestly had always been the goal. Once I committed to TV hosting, I was like, that's the the creme de la creme for me. That's my holy grail. Eventually I wanna be doing entertainment news. I wanna be on those carpets with Ryan Seacrest, etc., etc." So when my agent called and said that, I was like, you know what? Maybe we should start seeing what could happen here. And then of course, um, as soon as I start to look towards LA and E, um, things started picking up at MTV, which was great. I, I joined a show on MTV, MTV2 called "Uncommon Sense" with Charlemagne the God, who's a good friend of mine now, and um, it was awesome. I can we can we cuss on this podcast? I'm trying not to.
0: Yeah, no, I think you already said the fuck word, so I Sorry. think we're good. That's okay. Oh
1: no, okay, I'm yeah. not gonna cuss. Um, it was freaking awesome, <laughs> and I was on this show <laughs> with him and and various pop culture panelists, and he was just doing a really new cool thing at MTV2. But he was like. So do you want to move to LA or not? And I was like, yeah. So I packed up, left to go to LA um, with a lot of memories and new friendships and relationships that I'd made at MTV. And then it was kind of just full speed from there. I don't know how I ended up here, sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, interesting thing you said about tying your identity to your work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's something I've struggled with over the years. And it's when you're so hellbent on needing this thing and, and wanting this, you got to where you wanted to go and then they didn't need you. It, yeah. it wasn't until you found other pathways or sort of let go in a sense, mm-hmm. from what you're telling me, that that's when things started popping. And I think it's yeah. always hard when... Things are not going your way and you're so tied to, you know, a video performance doing well or doing well at a company that you just get tight. And it's just about, no, like put yourself back in that creative space, Mm -hmm. back in the where can I go? Where can I reach my potential? And then it's kind of like when it rains, it pours. But having that trust when things aren't going well, I've found is is. Very difficult, and it takes oh, a yeah. constant reminder to get yourself back there. Do you still find yourself at those points where you are tied to your work, your identity is so tied to your work, or have you found that that's lessened over the years?
1: That's a really great ca- question, Charlie. Um, it's so weird to be like interviewed about you, and so I'm just like, Sorry, oh, keep ruining your podcast, sorry. <laughs>
0: zuri like, oh you gosh. don't let the people know i don't mm. normally talk like this no Jeez. i know no no Jeez. you're
1: really good no you do honestly we do have these conversations though, often i feel like the, the the question the formal question is when i'm like oh look at charlie being a podcaster mm. He's doing great sweetie um charlie
0: how was the podcast with Zuri? it was great mom <laughs> she came on and patronized me the whole time uh <laughs> no, it's wonderful yeah. i'm
1: trolling you with love okay oh, i appreciate uh, it my Instacart delivery is here too I'm oh for f- f- and I'm going to get, I ordered alcohol. So I do have to get it. So <laughs> oh my God. Charlie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my, it's going to the, take them a minute. because Was
0: were the were the ramen, was the ramen not enough? Did you order? No. Please just tell me you didn't order that while we were doing the podcast.
1: God, no, no. I'm better mm. than that. Charlie.
0: I no. ordered it immediately
1: before the podcast. Okay.
0: Cool. So you knew that it was going <laughs> to come <laughs> during <laughs> the podcast. You knew that was going to happen. You don't no, give and No, also, I'm sorry. Yeah, what, what What are you getting from the Instacart that you well, couldn't get from the post? postmates that delivered earlier
1: it's more like what did i get from postmates that i couldn't get from instacart and that was hot delicious spicy chicken ramen
0: oh wow okay now i just didn't
1: feel like cooking totally
0: forgiven is that dinner for tonight
1: um, no, this is well, knowing me, this is lunch, dinner, and probably breakfast because I eat in such small portions constantly okay. throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking I might do a little white chicken chili tonight. It's a mm. rainy day in Los Angeles. Is it?
0: It's raining. Yep, man. Very
1: cold, very cold. So something uh. a little comforting, savory, if you will. Yeah, That's kind of my vision for six o'clock
0: that's good and you're yeah. going to be halfway through a bottle of wine by the time it gets there
1: i'm about to be through half a bottle of wine as soon as i go open this door because there are two okay give me we're
0: stalling seconds. while you open no, go I'm open so the door sorry. go open the door it's cool i'll be right back it's thank cool. you yeah yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, folks! Excuse the interruption, but I want to tell you about Jolly Good. They are the title sponsor of this podcast, and Jeepers, Crimey, they don't disappoint. Actually, just this week, they sent me a really sweet cooler, a fishing cooler. It's a rugged fishing. Co- I think this is like a Yeti on steroids. Okay, and and probably half the price. All right, so I have no idea how much it costs. But on top, there is an 18-inch ruler. You know, that's my only beef with it. I'm I'm hoping you know, I could at least get a 24-inch. I, I do catch some big walleyes, okay? So, well, I suppose if they're over 18, you just make up the number anyway. So, who am I kidding? I make up the number no matter how big the fish is. So, big thanks to Jolly Good for sending that. And here's actually some exciting stuff about Jolly Good going on right now. They are in all of the festival foods. You can go to the festival foods and you can get, uh, you know, I recommend, as always, the Sour Power for your brandy old fashions, but they got new six-pack sizes in select flavors for now, including Sour Power, Grape, Cherry, Cream, and Root Beer for them Root Beer Floats. And if you put some vodka in them, Root Beer Floats. Them are good for the adults in the room. Also, you can follow Jolly Good on all their social media. uh, That's at Jolly Good Soda. Okie dokes, back to the podcast. (laughs) Zuri Hall is gone. She's opening the door for her Instacart. She's currently probably asking the guy, was the tip on, on the phone? Oh, it was? Okay, cool. Thank you so much. I wonder if she tipped. That's a good question. I'm gonna say she probably tipped. We'll ask her when she comes back. I'm gonna say 10%. Zuri feels like she might be a 10% tipper to me. I don't know. She could have gone the f- I don't think she's a 20%er. Boy, that Emmy looks good. It's a good placement. She's also got a camera sitting there on the walls. I don't know how much longer I can do that. I really wish that plant was real in the background. I'd, I'd honestly, I'd have more respect for her if that plant was real, but I wonder if the other plant on her shelf is real. That's a cactus. It's easier to keep a cactus alive. Cacti alive. It kind of rhymes. Oh, I hear movement. Does that mean she's coming back? Nope. It actually sounds like she's finding a wine opener if I'm hearing that clanking correct. Did you get everything?
1: That was Uh, so fast. That wasn't even two
0: minutes. Oh, no, no, it wasn't two minutes at all. I was just quick question for the audience. How much did you tip the Instacart guy?
1: I haven't tipped her yet. Thank you for being sexist. Oh, (laughs) Oh, oh,
0: oh. wow. I will tip her
1: well. She was very nice. What do you mean you Um, will
0: tip? You you don't put that on? Just because I
1: haven't yet. It's after the app. No, I don't. I will be honest and straight up. I always wait until after the delivery because what I don't believe in, Mm -hmm.
0: is gratuitous tipping.
1: Yeah. No, stop. I always tip no matter what. Okay. But I don't believe in just like overly tipping just for the hell of it. Always. Like, I still believe that like service is important because if mm-hmm. when I'm doing a job, I want to do it well too. And so I've just never understood the concept that someone could be like a total douchebag or inconsiderate or just like lazy or rude or not do the job well and then still be like, here's 20%
0: hmm No, I, I feel that. It. I'm with you. So how was this service? Scale one to 10.
1: It was great. I got my food and my wine. So okay. that'd be a 20 percenter.
0: It is 20 percent. <laughs> okay. That's a 20 percenter. I, I told the audience 10. So. Whatever. Uh, Don't yeah. try to
1: play me. 10 I'm, is a very extreme minimum. That to get 10 percent, you would have to be what all the things that I just described. And okay. I would do, and I'd be pissed the whole time that I'm giving you that 10%, but I would still give it to you.
0: Okay, cool. That, no, I, that
1: happens very rarely.
0: I misjudged you and that that was an apology to You think I'm cheap? Me. No, I did not say that. Frugal. <laughs> hey, did you get your bottle opener? Do you want to open the wine? We have time. Honestly,
1: Charlie, if you weren't joking, then I, I would- I, No, I'm being for real. I'm
0: being for real. I want you I, to be comfortable. No, no, no. I'll finish Go.
1: my hard self there. I feel like I'm coming across as a lush. I just want everyone to know that's not Entirely accurate.
0: Well, you are welcome. First of all, I want you to be comfortable here. So, as you chug your seltzer, feel free to go get your wine.
1: You were asking me a really great question because you're a really good podcaster, and that question Mm. was has
0: been lost to the wind. No, No, we got no, because it it was
1: a really good question. So, do you you want want it again?
0: You want to get yes. You mentioned having identified very closely with your work, and then when your work wasn't there, you became depressed. You've been doing this for a number of years now. Do you still find yourself over identifying with your work
1: that is a great question and i do not find myself there truly which is a blessing and says a lot because that means i have come very far because Mm -hmm. at one point it was the only thing really that mattered you know i have missed it was the thing that mattered most i won't say the only thing because i've always my family and my close friends have always mattered so much and the truth is really the reason that I do it all, the reason that I hustle so hard, particularly when it comes to trying to see financial gain is for my family. Like it's, I didn't come from much. I came from a working class family that, you know, we're all super ambitious and super hardworking. They're good people. Um, they just kind of keep their heads down, down and grind it out. And so I kind of was raised with the ethos, with the ethos that, you know, keep your head down, grind, do the work. It'll speak for itself which has served me well in sometimes and then not served me well in others because in this industry, particularly in Hollywood, that's the opposite of what a lot of people want to do. Some people want to do the least and then broadcast it on Instagram and make it the most. Um, So I do it for them, but I think because of how ambitious I was still am, but now I've learned to kind of make it work for me instead of against me. I hadn't, put my priorities in order. So even though my family is what was most important, I still missed um, really special moments for people close to me on occasion, and it was genuinely, genuinely from the fear of I don't know if I can take that day off. I don't know if I can ask for that vacation. I'm afraid that it'll show my bosses that I don't want this enough, that wow. I'm not as willing to, you know, perform and do the job as the other person is or my competition. And it was a story I was telling myself. And to be fair, in your earlier years when you're grinding it out, sometimes you do have to take those losses. You have to make those sacrifices because there always is someone else who's willing to do it. And I hadn't yet proven myself. I hadn't cut my teeth in a lot of these spaces. So I think some of it served me, but then you know, I missed a best friend's wedding and in hindsight now, it just kills me more, especially as our friendship has deepened. And I'm like, I just hate that. I will never be able to say that I was there for that. And it genuinely came from a place of not being able to get off or not feeling like, rather, I could get off work at that time um, while I was in the middle of that grind phase. Um Since then, um, through a lot of meditative work and trying to cultivate mindfulness and presence, um, letting go of the need to control and also um, creating attachments to everything, to how things are supposed to turn out. Um, as I've let that go, it's given me way more freedom. I'm happier. I've built up the other pillars of my life for the longest. The only pillar I focused on was work. So when that shook, my whole world shook, but now I, I make the time. I can't wait to request a vacation day. I can't wait to be like, Ooh, wish I could, but I can't. Because one, I've worked my butt off for a decade to get to the point where I can say that or request those days, and trust that my work speaks enough for itself that me stepping back to recharge won't be misinterpreted. Does that make sense? Like totally,
0: I- totally. Yeah. And and I think it's a much healthier way. I kind of want to go back to where this all came from, though, because you mentioned growing up, and you know, for those who don't know, you're a mid Midwest girl at heart, Toledo um, H. Ohio. No, you say I-O. uh no I-O. I do I don't. I oh, I say H. I say on Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, though, right. we're rivals,
1: yeah?
0: Uh yeah, we are rivals. We absolutely are. Um Buckeyes no go, no go. But you just sleep on my couch. You slept on my couch too. So, you know, I did kind of not. Evening? You did. You and your brother, you and your brother stayed when? at my place. Dallas. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys stayed on my couch. You were. uh, This isn't important. This isn't. Vaguely,
1: that is coming back to me. Okay, we'll just. You
0: know, brain cells and wine don't often.
1: <laughs> I haven't even had the wine yet. I'm
0: saying then I think, oh, Over the years? Yeah. Oh. Or just that, that night. I think you guys oh, came from generate? the bar to be honest. No, really? that was more your brother. Your brother was a poor influence on you. Anyway. Right? We can back it up. But where you came from was a very working class family from Toledo, Ohio. Your dad was doing um, what? And your mom was doing what? Give us the background.
1: My dad um, graduated with a, with a diploma. Oh my God. Maybe I did lose all my brain. So I have had a lot of wine. (laughs) You're doing great.
0: You're doing great. You're
1: doing great. My dad, uh, studied business at Ohio university. So he graduated with a bachelor's in business, bachelor's of science. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, went back to school, actually. So she was raising three kids when she finished her college education um, and graduated one of the cum laude's. That shows you just how much I cared about <laughs> <laughs> trying to accomplish any of that when I was at university. Um, but she went back and with three kids, knocked it out, graduated, got her degree. Um, but she served for a little while. So I come from, on my mom's side, a family of military brads. So my papa, who was my grandfather, her father, Um, was a a career um, serviceman, Mm -hmm. and he was in the Air Force and eventually evolved into um, being a professor at a local university. So higher education was always a really big deal um, in my family because of that. Um, So she ended up being a medical coder at the local hospital and still is to this day, actually. And my father, for a little while, he was doing insurance, and then he was a supervisor at um, one of the plants at the – it doesn't matter, but one of the plants, um, in Ohio. And so he had a managerial position, but unfortunately the plant closed down and everyone lost their jobs, including my dad. And so eventually when he returned to essentially factory work, um, unfortunately it was no longer in a, in a managerial context. So he was on the assembly line. He was doing uh, physical labor and grinding it out to provide for his kids and his wife and, honestly, to this day still does that, which kind of is, it breaks my heart a little bit and he's close to retiring. He's been pushing it back year after year. And again, that's what fuels a lot of my desire to do more and work more and just do more. Um, so that's what they do. Um, and have always worked full time. I've always seen that throughout my life. And, um, while working full time, putting three kids through private school, I had a a full ride essentially. So I I got an academic scholarship to attend a private, independent, very small school in Ohio, in Toledo, Ohio. Honestly, I dare say the best school in Toledo, Ohio, not being biased. I wanted to go there because it was the best school and I Mm -hmm. felt like it would give me more opportunities. Um, And so I ended up winning this academic scholarship that you had to test for along with a bunch of other kids who tested. And my parents didn't want my brothers and myself to get split up because they would have ended up going to probably the public school which for our district was not the greatest um, at all or to a a school that may have cost something, like one of the Catholic schools, but not as much as as Mommy Valley. And so they ended up having to pay to put them through. And the school helped. You know, there were grants and um, small bits of financial aid here and there. But my parents really worked their their butts off to finance my brother's education. And this is a pre-K through 12th grade school. So my brothers went there for six years. We're like seven through 12. My baby brother, Joe, the one who apparently slept on the couch, Mm -hmm. Um, went there since he was probably in fifth or sixth grade. It's not a cheap school. I mean, by his senior year, I think you're paying like, I don't know, I'm making this up now, but fourteen to $15,000. Oh, wow. $15,000 a year. Yeah. So um, I say that just to say they had to work a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the family background, but we were all super close, grew up in a two-parent household. Um, and yeah, work, work was always... Um, Encouraged and work ethic was respected and applauded. And I think that's where I get it from.
0: Yeah. So, and do you, that's what made you bring this sort of into your career. But then did it, what did it hurt or did it feel weird to let go of it with all the, not like let go of it completely, but the way you're talking about with the meditation and all that, did it, did it mm-hmm. like feel like you were losing a part of you just caring mm-hmm. or having less attachment to it? Mm hmm.
1: Oh really good question um, it maybe it didn't hurt because what I was doing was hurting me. I was already hurting I was exhausted I was not happy even though I was technically achieved I was happy in the moments that I was achieving when I was ticking off the boxes but those moments were fleeting and so it literally is like chasing a high right and you're always looking for that next thing so that you can get back to happy back to fulfilled back to zuri because up till that point zuri was only the girl who accomplished because i never really cared about figuring out what else she might be um so if anything it was a little bit confusing and i still grapple with that and that's ooh, my therapy appointment is today at five i can't wait to bring this up (laughs) to her But I still struggle with that sometimes, which is my ambition has served me. My work ethic has served me. This sort of tunnel vision has served me and it's got me where I am. And I look up at my life and it's beautiful and I'm really so grateful for it. So I don't want to discredit. The Zuri that got me here. And I don't want to fully uh, detach from her, but it's more like, how do I use my skill set? How do I use the gifts that God has given me in a way um, that makes them a tool, that in a way where I control them instead of they control me, right? Like our thoughts, our brain is a beautiful tool if we can use it as a tool. But so often we get so caught up in believing that our thoughts are true because we thought them. We think tens of thousands of things every single day. And the wildest part is most of them are a repeat of yesterday's thoughts and the day before that and the day before that. And the saddest part is 95% of them don't matter aren't true, won't move the needle one way or another. And so it's just, we're clouding our, our brains and we become the thing being used instead of using it as a beautiful tool that it can be. So no, I didn't feel um, anger or hurt or anything like, or pain, but I just felt a little bit of conflict within myself. Like, is it okay to step away from that? Is it okay to be like, no, I don't think I want to book that gig? Or is it okay to tell my agent? Ugh, I know I would have killed for that two years ago. Instead of being like, why are you walking away? I'm going to look at it as good on user. You accomplished so much of what you wanted to do that you can afford to walk away from this opportunity. That is success. I I have given myself the freedom that I always wanted, that I didn't have before. I had to take every gig. I felt like I had to miss out on, experiences with family and friends back in the day. I had to grind and bite my tongue even when I felt like um, I was being taken advantage of professionally or not being paid what I was worth or whatever. Some things I actually did have to go through. Some things, those were just stories I was telling myself. But now I look at it as I don't have to do that. So it did what it needed to do. And now I need to enjoy the fruits of that labor. Otherwise, what was the point of it? You grinded because you said you wanted more freedom and time and flexibility to be with the people you love. Now I have that. I, I take those vacations. I can spend that that money to to help someone if they need it, um, a, a cousin or a friend or whoever. And that's what I what I've done it for. So I've looked at it more as now I'm shifting into the phase of my career where I enjoy the fruits of my labor. I trust that what is for me is for me. Before I was a big fit a square peg into a round hole or, or whatever the heck that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like, I am gonna make this work. And now... I'm a fighter, but I don't fight for too long. Like I'm not, I'm, I can step out of the ring. I can take, I can accept defeat with more grace. I I realize, and I truly believe now um, that winning, that losing a battle doesn't mean you've lost the war where before I was a little more young, stubborn, arrogant to where I felt like I had to win every battle. Otherwise it was commentary on me and and my, my, failures um but now when something comes back as a no i'll try a couple more times i'll try to finesse a back door or an open window but if the answer still comes back no after that well then that's okay uh but generally speaking i don't know I- i'm on a tangent i think i'm kind of i don't think I'm
0: no i i, I think you're saying a lot of good stuff in there and it's kind of it- the unique thing about well honestly it's probably a lot of industries but when you grow up with a certain work ethic you're used to that grind and you're grinding and you're climbing like if you're climbing the mountain or whatever you're just used to that and then you get to a point and in your case you've been e you know which is a dream Mm -hmm. job and now access hollywood and and ninja warrior and you have your own podcast now you get to a point where you're like i'm kind of like on this mountain I've been climbing, Mm -hmm. at what point do I turn around and instead of say, how much higher can I climb, do you enjoy the view? And it's, it's, I think it's that, delicate balance, too. And it's it's not easy. So, uh, I mean, I I struggle with the same things. But getting to where you are now, obviously, you have Access Hollywood, you have your podcast and you have Ninja Warrior and you have so many other things going on. What is the thing that you're most passionate about and why at this point in your career?
1: Um, Oh, my gosh, this is like Sophie's Choice with triplets. (laughs) You have
0: an answer. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do. Um, I will say that. So I love everything for different reasons. And I know this is such a a generic Disney child star answer where like my media coach is off the sidelines, like, don't fuck this (laughs) up. You're not gonna be in the sequel. (laughs) Um But I do love them all for different reasons. I love, you know, the work that I'm doing in entertainment news and at Access Hollywood, specifically because I really genuinely, I love the culture at Access Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And after you've been in the industry long enough to experience the highs and lows and different types of people and working styles and uh, workplace cultures, you really appreciate when you find good people who are doing good work and respect and appreciate and value good work. Um, just because you give it doesn't mean it's acknowledged or applauded or um, not taken advantage of. And so I'm really grateful to be at a workplace where that I can truly say that. And and because as I get older, how I feel matters more than anything else. It's not about just killing it. And from the outside looking in, it looks dope. I've got to feel that. I've got to feel that this is as awesome as I'm making it look to you. Before that wasn't the case, but I, I prioritize my peace and I value how good I feel so much. Once I got those breakthroughs through therapy and meditation and mindfulness and letting go of attachments, once I felt what that feels like, I was like, I can't ever let this go again because I, I see now I get it. It just like clicked. Um, and so to be able to have you know, my day job, my full-time job be in a space where that energy is cultivated and the people around me are on that wavelength, that's a beautiful thing, that's a blessing. So for that, I really love Access Hollywood and American Ninja Warrior. Um, What's really awesome about that show is I I always, I put on my vision board, the one I made maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago before I got Ninja Warrior, um, stories that matter or something like that. I just, I wanted to tell important stories. I don't mind reporting on entertainment news. I like doing it, it's fun. I love red carpets, but I wanted to make more of an impact and I wanted to look back at my life and have things that I'd wanna show. that would still matter in some way. This woman's life was changed. That that little boy's life was affected. And I, I just wanted to share interesting, beautiful stories about um, the human experience. And American Ninja Warrior, in the most unexpected way, has genuinely done that. Because obviously we see the ninjas and they're doing the flips and the runs and they're just all of these amazing athletic feats. But it truly is... There are these amazing stories of triumph over tragedy, of people beating cancer not once, sometimes twice, of people losing parents or spouses and then running in their honor. Um, There's a guy who is living with Parkinson's and and progressively year after year as we see him on the course, he's fighting that battle in a more intense way and yet he still shows up at the starting line. And so what if he goes down on the very first obstacle, which honestly happened this last go around and it breaks your heart in one way, but in a more important way, it emboldens you and it it feels so good. And I get chills thinking about it because it sounds so cliche, but honest to God, Charlie, this is the one thing that I genuinely mean, truly. Getting there is the battle, is the race. Like when people show up at that starting line, some people with these stories, the fact that they're there is just they're a living testament to the fact that the the possibilities are the possibility of what we can accomplish as humans is just mind blowing. The things that we can overcome, the heartbreak, the tragedy, and then still choose to fight again. Um, And so it's really been special for me to be even a small part of sharing some of those stories uh, because they've touched me and I get to meet them and I get to talk with them and and I get to interview their families and friends and their fiance's and their children. So that's been really special and and I love being a part of that team. Hot, Happy Mess, the podcast, shameless plug, available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Put it is... on your
0: download list right now.
1: Thanks. Make sure you put this in the show notes. Hyperlink. Would appreciate that. Would... If you don't hyperlink me, Charlie, I swear to
0: Um, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> the, the real Surrey <laughs> Hall is coming out, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me
1: a glass of wine and yeah. we'll really get this party uh, no. going. Oh <laughs>
0: geez, that's after one seltzer. Okay. It's All half right. a
1: seltzer. I haven't even finished this thing. Yeah, it um, still is
0: sounding heavy anyway. Highs
1: but- and lows, guys. Okay, I'm a Gemini. I can we are multifaceted. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Do you believe do you believe in, you?
0: that the the month you were born really dictates stuff in your life? Or do you just say that? Ironically?
1: No, no. But I think some people coincidentally are very aligned with their signs, and I'm one of those people.
0: <laughs> um, so it's all a coincidence know. thing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely a Gemini. Like if you Google it, it just it's very on brand. Cool. But I don't. There are other people. I'm like, yeah, no, this doesn't add up at all. But anyways anyways so that. happy mess, happy mess which like, we will
0: hyperlink no. in the deal and i that's, was kind
1: of joking about that you don't have to hyperlink you kind of don't you want people to stay in your your charlie ecosystem
0: i'm gonna be honest with you i don't really know how that aspect works colleen does all of that which she's editing this right now going okay where do you want me to cut this out of the podcast no Got colleen it. you should keep it in people should know how no much you
1: should probably cut it pain
0: you have to go through to I-
1: Oh, no, yeah, I keep seen, the part in about her. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, we'll yeah, hyperlink kind of your stuff. anything that makes me
1: look bad, guys. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Appreciate uh, that. Let's talk about Hot Happy Mess, though, because I feel like it's a really, it's sort of a, it's a little bit divergent from you. Is that the right word? Divergent? divergent? That sounds no, like a I scary like movie. Not. Well,
1: because it, it
0: is. It, <laughs> it diverges. Yes, that's it. It diverges. <laughs> Hot Happy Mess diverges from a lot of what you've been doing in terms of the celebrity focus and it really goes into a very cool way just a lot of psychology and just trying to figure out this world as a woman primarily is geared toward women and mm-hmm. by just having casual conversations with your friends and also by bringing experts on. I think it's a really cool mix and I also like the, the, your production value, which I don't hear in a lot of different podcasts. So it's a great podcast. Hey. Everyone should check out the podcast. I think everyone can take something away from it. So what inspired this podcast, as I ask you, while you're stuffing noodles in your mouth? Is, <laughs> are those cold now? Do you need to heat those up? We've been talking for a minute oh my God.
1: now. They're lukewarm, but good God, the spice Ooh. Next level. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's good. I need a
1: sip of hard seltzer. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. That's why you're sweating a little. I see that.
1: Uh, no, I'm just naturally oily. But they tell me it'll be good when I'm 80. Yeah.
0: Because it's
1: supposed to help with your skin or something.
0: Yeah, I, I got to just pour the oil on my face. So I think it's it's all Have good. you
1: ever tried Kiehl's? No. Maybe I'll send you some for your birthday. That which was... is in April.
0: Thank you, April. 26? Ah, close. 29th. Nah.
1: Thirtieth. Nah, every year she's I do not as my good life. of a friend
0: I, as I thought you <laughs> No,
1: I am. I just always forget birthdays, and then you always make me feel like a douchebag because you don't forget birthdays. But I always text you on your birthday in the end. But I just don't remember dates. I don't remember phone numbers. Hey,
0: listen. No, I'm. I'm. I'm just surprised you remembered April twenty fifth. Appreciate that about you. Twenty seventh. Twenty seventh, Charlie. Mmm, you were close with the first one. But we're not talking about my <laughs> birthday, Zuri. I will expect a better present than just it's the gonna oil. It's going to be such a good photo forgot or the date.
1: present. I'm losing my... Mind. I
0: know. We Can you we,
1: see me progressively I, falling I apart? Just, I
0: see this seltzer just slowly invading your <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. consciousness. No, we'll no. we'll we'll wrap it up here soon. No, but.
1: wait, no, I want to talk about the stuff. Hot, happy mess. Yeah,
0: oh, no, let's let's talk about it. So, what inspired it?
1: Hot, happy mess was inspired. I started kind of cooking up the idea. Oh my gosh, like a year and a half ago now. And my my idea was I'm just going to launch this independently if I have to. But it was kind of the second. Coming of that um, idea I had when I launched the YouTube channel, which was something that is mine. But now, you know, 10 years later, I wanted something in a much more professional and curated capacity that could be consistent and that could help people, that could just like infuse their lives with a little bit of good stuff. Maybe nothing, we're not trying to move mountains here or reinvent the wheel, but you know, an hour of listening that feels good. Where you can kind of get away from all of the everything, particularly the everything that has been the last year to year and a half, um, and it's all about you know finding your magic in the middle of life's messes, which has truly been my adult life's journey. Before it was like I was always putting off my living for when things were perfect, mm. for when the job was great, and I was dating the perfect guy, and I was I had this amount of money. And I lived in this type of house and so much of that was um, exterior, like outside of myself. And I just realized again, through therapy and meditation that like as woo as it is, it's all in me. Like all of those things that I'm seeking outside of myself, peace, security, joy are here. And it's, it's a matter of choosing, to see it and and choosing to wake up and put on one set of glasses instead of another. And so I wanted the podcast to be a way to encourage other people to, you know, wake up and Monday listen to that episode and maybe encourage you to put on one set of glasses instead of the other. Your day is going to be what it's going to be regardless how you react to your day, completely up to you. It's like, I love the, um, the example that people always give, and we talked about this on one of the first episodes of Hot Happy Mess. Uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and you stub your toe, and you're like, "Oh, I just knew it's going to be a bad day. I can already tell." And then you go to the coffee maker, and like you spill the coffee. Oh, see, this is what I was talking about. And now you're just energetically just manifesting what it is you want to be true. You've decided this is going to be a bad day, and you will create more opportunities to see that. Because that's all we do is run around. Our brains are just meaning makers. We're running around trying to make meanings out of things that very oftentimes don't have any particular meaning. So it's like, if you're gonna make some shit up or gonna make something mean something, whether it does or not, at least pick the thing that's positive that makes you feel a little bit better, you know? if you wanna look at you know, a bird landing as a sign, which I do, right? I see birds and I think of my papa and I receive that and it doesn't matter. Is it true, is it not? Who cares what's true? I don't wanna get, I'm about to go down a rabbit hole, but like, what is true? What is not true? If in the moment, seeing a bird land on a windowsill reminds me of my papa who's passed away and I feel like I shared a moment with him, that feeling was real. That moment of goodness was real for me. Or I could choose to be like, it's just a bird. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it was good while it lasted. R.I.P. Papa. Like, good God, who wants to go through life being that person, you know? And so I just choose to see the good in things or to find the good in things. And that's what Hot Happy Mess is about. Um, Not just saying choose the good, but also trying to equip people with the tools to see the good so bringing on experts and therapists to be like hey you're not crazy hey you're not alone in this we all get caught up in these thought spirals we all get caught up in the toxicity of um latching on to negative emotions we all have childhoods that have turned us into the people we are but we all also have a choice to be different tomorrow than we were yesterday to be different today than we were yesterday and here are some things to consider In case you want to be a little different in case you want your monday to be a little different you can stub your toe that was a sucky moment it doesn't have to be a sucky hour a sucky hour doesn't have to be a sucky day and you have to decide that and so that's really what um hot happy mess is all about just best life minus the burnout baby we're trying to cultivate a space where we can balance the hot the happy and the mess of our lives all at the same time instead of waiting Um, for a time that spoiler alert will never come when the hot or happy is all that there is.
0: And what I love about that is that the inherent, you know, concept there is to... Not defer joy because that's what mm-hmm. I know. I do it. I do it in this all the time. You know, I'll take a vacation. I've been saying I'm going to take a vacation for like over a year now. You know, <laughs> so I, I'm currently someone who who does that. And I think when you yeah. have your own business or when you you when you're doing your own thing, that's a tendency because maybe you're holding a little too tight. So I'm holding too tight. Mm-hmm. I know that, but at some point it'll sink in and I'll actually do it. But I, I really like your podcast because it takes all those things that, I mean, even I think, and it really breaks them out and, or breaks them down rather and and makes it very digestible. So it's really great. I do recommend it to everybody to give a listen, give it a download, make, make it part of your weekly listening schedule. There you yes, go. Yes,
1: every Monday. Thanks for listening, Charlie. And I yeah. appreciate you because you actually do listen and then you text me little things about little nuggets, little takeaways from that week's episode.
0: Yeah, you know, will try to just let you know what I, I, I just want to letting you know what I want to hear more of. Okay, that's really uh you know it's really a request there. More of this. Is that this right? Is
1: Are you gonna come on um our soon to be introduced dial a dude segment?
0: Yeah, I would love to. Yeah.
1: And you can give some insight. That right? that would be fantastic.
0: It, so. I no, I'm I'm one hundred percent committed, and uh okay. actually that's why I brought you on this podcast. It's really so I could come on your podcast. You know, that is <laughs> well, that was the, the hidden finesse. agenda here. Yeah.
1: Got it. The truth comes out.
0: I'm gonna let you go soon here to let you finish your meal. But before I do What are your favorite things about the Midwest that you missed and that you don't get over in Los Angeles? I thought
1: you were about to be like, what are your favorite things about me? I was like, I know this dude is not about to close this. Does he ask every guest? So if you could just name your top five things about me.
0: First of all, nobody would assume that that's what I was doing, except for you. You're always looking for a way to throw me under the bus seat. I'm not! I, I, appreciate I just that literally about thought you.
1: that's it. You said muh, muh. I mm, thought I was gonna say
0: yeah. Midwest. Midwest, yeah. Midwest, okay.
1: okay. Wow. Um, favorite things about the Midwest. First of all, everything. I love the Midwest. I love the people more than anything. Ohio is my heart. I'm super proud of being from there. I go back every chance I get. Um, just good people down to earth folks who are kind and friendly and speak in the grocery store and when they ask you how you're doing, generally speaking, they kind of actually want to know. Like maybe not a long combo, but they are waiting okay. for an answer.
0: Usually it's a long combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well you're, that's the
1: thing, right? You
0: got a hand on the door. It's been on the door for like an hour. That long Midwest <laughs> goodbye. So true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the long Midwest goodbye. That's yeah. exactly it. But I love it. I love it. Um I like that the seasons change. I love when summer turns to fall in the Midwest and it's just warm enough, but it's starting to get a little cool and crisp and the leaves are all red and orange and oh, I love it. Um, I love the Ohio State University and everything wow. that it stands for. Yeah. Go Bucks, We mm-hmm. Blue, Scarlet and Gray. I would break out into our fine song, but right. I can see vibes breaking out on Tuesdays, <laughs> So I'll stand I, down. Th-
0: the thing is changing here. I didn't put the lights on. So it's just my <laughs> lighting is casually getting darker it. It and darker. Good. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, those, those are some of the things. What else do I love? Oh man. I love, I don't know. It's for me. It's just, that's really, it's the people it's the, the flat land it's the fact that you can drive for like seems like hours and just kind of like i can get on the road from toledo to drive to columbus and low-key see columbus (laughs) down the street Like you know um i only appreciate it now like i live in california and so i get these beautiful awesome mountainous views but it almost in a weird way gives you more appreciation when you go home and you're like well this is different this is (laughs) nice nice and flat nice and green and flat um, yeah. yeah, and I also like that. What do wait? What was I about to say? I'm trying to figure out how to word this in a way that'll make sense to um,
0: you like does. fishing.
1: I don't like fishing, no. Oh, okay. My, my oh, wait, no. Sorry, guys, because big, big fishing community, right? I don't know. No, that's <laughs> okay. You're not alienating any fishers,
0: you're not hurting anyone's feelings, okay?
1: Because the thing is, mm-hmm. I like the idea of fishing, and I have fished when I was a kid. My granddaddy would take me fishing because they're for to be clear, like my family fishes my granddad even built a my dad's dad um not my papa built a pond, a catfish pond in his backyard put a bunch of catfish in there that's awesome the days yeah like fishing for catfish so big fish people over here <laughs> but i um freak out with the with the the bait yeah because i'm i'm that person got you so like doing all of that and then i kind of feel bad for the fish so I just feel bad for them. Oh, whatever.
0: God, Do you feel I'm just bad becoming I...
1: more obnoxious. As well,
0: you d- I've seen out. you eat a lot of fried fish oh, no, because it's day. so delicious. And it's one of my
1: favorites. Are you kidding? Yeah, fried so perch, fried catfish, fried yeah. snapper, yeah. tilapia even. Oh, this goes yeah. not mahi-mahi. I love to eat it. I just feel bad when it's like writhing around and it's coming off the hook. So I can't look. So really, am I culpable? Am I a part of this vicious cycle? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Am I turning a blind eye? Yes. (laughs) Do I need to sit down with myself and explore ways in which I too am, you know, contributing to wait, Mario Lopez is calling me one second.
0: Oh, this is a flex. Answer it
1: what's up i've been good everything's good i'm shooting a, a podcast episode with a friend right now yeah, tell mario um, i says hi no you're good
0: <laughs> i oh just my gosh, got I the exactly finger what
1: you're about to say okay right right she's okay she's
0: taking her headphones off
1: okay good to know sorry
0: hang on Zuri. I'm sorry. bob uecker's calling me hang
1: on
0: <laughs> 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 hang on hang on be 25 minutes hang on <laughs> Right
1: First of all, it was a five minute call. We have been playing phone tag and trying to. He's been trying to tell me something all day, so I just didn't know the next it's, time he was going to not be. It's
0: all good. I've I've <laughs> taken way more of your time than I promise.
1: It's all good. Uh, how, what were we? What, were, what was?
0: Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> what were we? You were you were bashing fishing. Uh, but you, oh you no, I'm saying how much it. I love fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. my
1: grandma, my granddaddy would catch them, and then my grandma guts them. She just slices them like a freaking savage. I'm like, yo, she is a yeah. beast. I could never. It's so impressive. And then she just guts those bad boys cleans them out fries them up i eat them but i mostly stay away from the kitchen while all of them
0: got you yeah happening. i mean you don't like the look of fruit so th- this all makes i don't sense. like
1: the look of it the touch of it the smell of it the taste of it
0: it's one of the weirdest <laughs> things but if if it's in a sugary drink you'll drink it um, exactly yeah
1: preferably with, um, you know not even gonna make it i'm not gonna take the bait I don't need alcohol or liquor. No,
0: You can no, be no. a don't need
1: non-alcoholic, that? sugary drink. Yeah,
0: I can't wait Thank for that episode much. of the Hot Happy Mess. <laughs> well, okay, final, final question: mm-hmm. What advice do you have for someone who wants to be in your position, do what you do? Hmm.
1: The advice I would give is twofold. One is create the content that you envision yourself being a part of on a larger scale or maybe in a more professional or widespread capacity. Um, It's much easier for someone to want to hire you or bring you on board if they can see you doing the thing you wanna do. What was hard for me in the beginning is I felt like I was always trying to convince um, casting directors or VPs of talent, I can do that. Yeah, I can do the hard stuff. Oh no, I can be funny. Oh no, I can whatever. And like everyone can say they can do everything, but when you have the real that just speaks to it or, you know, something on footage that just shows it, that speaks for itself. So even if you feel like you're not at a point in your career or in your um, or in your journey to making that career happen, just create the content. It goes back to what I said earlier today of everyone doesn't have to be watching, just the right people. And at the very least, you will be sharpening um, your on-camera delivery, your perspective, more than delivery or your image these days. Your point of view really matters. So sharpen that for a long time. Um, I didn't have a strong point of view. And it was because I I was always like, I could do that or I could do that or I could do that. And so I realized over the years that instead of trying to be everything to everyone, just be really good at being something to someone And then expand from there. So like start small and start strong and then branch out instead of casting this crazy wide net because you're so desperate for a bite that you don't even really know what you're looking for. And then whatever falls in your lap might end up taking you down a path that you weren't particularly intentional about. Um, And then lastly, just... Yo, keep the faith. It is a hard, long, exhausting crying. Like, I am not going to lie. I have had many a night where I'm just crying in bed. Like, what is it all for? What is the point of it? That was as recently as three months ago. So it doesn't ever stop. You just start crying and asking what it's all for for different reasons. Um So just trust the process and know that there's more than one path to the same destination. The way that I got where I am, if you're trying to get here, it will likely not be the way that I got here because particularly in this industry, um, you kind of carve your own paths, the internet and the ability for all of us to create has really changed the way, um, that we do business and the way that people are discovered. So we're, work more to sharpen your, your voice, your personal brand, and to um, just figure out who you are publicly um, and then commit to that consistency. And this is coming from someone who really is not good at consistency, but whenever I have been consistency, whenever I have been consistent, I've seen that pay off uh, dividends opposed to when I'm just like scatterbrained and all over the place and just like flying by the seat of my pants. So consistency, creation, and then just confidence that it, Ooh, look at that alliteration, but confidence (laughs) that it might not be happening immediately. And it might not happen for another few years or five, but you know, overnight success are very rarely overnight. My career has been more than a decade in the making. And I still feel like there's so much to accomplish and so much that I thought I'd have done by now that I haven't. Um, But I'm focused more on being proud of what I have done. And instead of being like, what's next? I'm looking at like, what's now? What is in front of me? So wherever you are, be there, because that really is the only moment you have technically, who knows, not to get all morbid and sad. Um, So try to practice gratitude and, and be mindful and that's really it. Sorry, I don't have a big sexy No, that was, to go That out. was
0: great. I loved it. And and my only advice for you is to just practice fishing. And eventually fishing? you will love that too. Yeah. Should I
1: go ice fishing in Milwaukee?
0: <laughs> yeah, you could. I'm Should gonna go, go tomorrow. Fishing? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. It's uh we're doing a video shoot. It's kinda like the last week because it's starting to melt. It's not safe. Oh. You don't want to go floating off on icebergs. Right, so.
1: right. Yeah. How do you um how
0: do you stay warm? Oh, it's, uh, it's actually, it's called a, a jacket uh, and you get a big mm, one and yeah. it's uh, yeah. not
1: really enough of a.
0: No, a couple two jackets, yeah. you know, you get bibs. It's actually warm here. It's like 40, 45 degrees. It's, it's shorts weather. Is that
1: right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Living the good life over there in Wisconsin. You know,
0: I can sense your sarcasm, uh, Zuri <laughs> Hall, but I, it's probably the same temperature over there. Was it rainy? And uh, yeah, it's, it's March rainy. in L.A. It's it was
1: like 60 time. something. So. OK,
0: well, that's a little better. For well, sure it's problems. it's a dry cold. Well, mm-hmm. look, I'm not going to uh, take any more of your time. I really You said that eight you. times,
1: thus taking eight times more time. But well, I'm, I'm not,
0: not going to take any more of your time, <laughs> but I really appreciate <laughs> appreciate you. Enjoy your wine. Enjoy your I'm food. not
1: drinking any wine. You know what? I'm gonna, what's her name? Colette? Who's editing this episode? Colleen. And now Colleen? she's
0: offended. You forgot no, her name.
1: No, no, sorry, Colleen. Please cut out everything that makes me look alcoholic.
0: Thanks. Mm. That's just my. And now very we've got a much alcoholic. shorter interview than we started <laughs> with.
1: <laughs> I'm just not gonna say anything else. I really gotta, I gotta really like reflect on how often I talk about alcohol.
0: Where In public you, spaces. You, don't, you talk about it.
1: It's the podcast art on my freaking
0: thing. You talk about it every now and again, but it's not that yeah. big of a deal.
1: Okay. TTYL.
0: Appreciate you, Z. Bye.
1: Bye bye.
0: And that is it for this week's episode of The Cripes Cast. I want to thank all of you for listening. You can follow Zuri Hall at Zuri Hall on all her social media platforms at Z U R I H A L L. You can also download her podcast, Hot Happy Mass. And don't forget, you can follow The Cripes Cast at CripesCast on all social media platforms. And you can set the Kripescast for download as well so you never miss an episode. Thank you all for listening. Keep her moving. Enjoy the great weather while it's there. And as always, watch out for deer. Okay, real good. Bye-bye.